Father, we delight in celebrating you this day. We reverence you. We honor you. We praise and worship you. Dear Father God in heaven who looks upon us with favor, mercy, and grace, we adore you. This day, Lord, we, your people, would hear your word. That your word will become the action of our limbs, our mouths, our doings. That it shall bring glory and honor to your name. Speak, Lord, for thy servants heareth thee. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Cause this word now to be incredibly relevant to each and every hearer. But not just those who ha shall hear your word this day, but even in days to come. That it shall not lose its power, but full of holy potency empowering us to do your work and will. Use me loud now, Lord. Give me not only what to say, but how to say it. That I may be effective and efficient in delivering your word. I pray in Christ's name. Thank God. Amen. Come on, if you will, give God a praise right now. Right where you are, let's celebrate the Lord. Glory to his holy and worthy name. God bless this great, I want to say orchestra, these musicians. Come on, let's give God a praise for them. And certainly for our ministering team, our singers, praise God. I tell you, as I was, as I was sitting there, you may have your seats. As I was sitting there, I was so moved and compelled by the song and music that I said, "Man, maybe we should just have a concert or something." I don't know. Just let the Lord minister to us in music and song. I don't know about you, but God speaks to me. He gives me witty ideas. He helps me to see those things that I need to be doing and how to do it, even as I'm listening to music and the word that God speaks through his people. Can we just put our hands together and celebrate God for our music department? Amen. Thank God for Brother Bryce Thompson and Sister India Thompson. What a team, what a team, what a team. Hallelujah. God has anointed them and they are the ministers of music here and just thank God for the gifts that he's placed in the house. Praise God. And I thank God for each and every one of you. I truly do want to take this time to just share these things that I want to say today. This is the Faith Center Church of God in Christ where everyone is welcome. And the people of God here are so blessed. I, I counted a blessing that we are, and I say this in a very positive way, we are a mixed 
culture family of God here. And this particular week, we, this particular month, February, we celebrate the African American heritage. And that's not just something that we want to do for the African American culture or the African culture. And we can't just say African American. I apologize for that because in this great house, in our mixed cultures, we have Afro Latino. Come on, let's celebrate. <laughs> Amen. And uh, we're going to make some of y'all Africans, whether you want to be or not. So we say, um, uh, what's that? country that uh, you you and my wife went there, well, I think you went there with her, um, they drive, their cars never change, they're always 1950 Cuba! We say Cuba, they say Cuba! Even we <laughs> Sister Alicia we, where you, whether you are or not we're going to bring you in as an Afro-Cuba Afro-Cuban <laughs> Amen and so many so everyone is welcomed here. So many mixed cultures. Uh, as I look out and I see the flavor of God in this church, amen. Uh, some months ago, my brother had did a DNA and it was determined that we were um, Nigerian, um, Caucasian, American Indian and Jews, Jewish. And I think that's a wonderful combination. Uh, I want y'all to know wherever you're from, you mixed with something else. And then there's a few of you all, Sister V, y'all gotta be from another planet. I mean, I didn't mention any names. I, I didn't. I didn't mention any. But we all are part of God's family. I can hear my wife uh, from her seat now saying, don't sing, Joseph. Don't sing, don't sing. <laughs> and then Pastor Tony edges me on and says, sing, Bishop, sing. I got to go home, brother. Let's get into the Word of God. And before I do, I want to say that I'm going to ask that the congregation indulge me once again to talk about a subject that's very dear to my heart and I'm compassionate about. And I believe that it is tremendously relevant for your success in this year of 2022. We've been talking about, or I've been talking about, I haven't preached or ministered every Sunday, but we've been talking about conquering the challenges that we face or conquering the challenges we face. You're never going to conquer anything that you refuse to face. You can't deal with it if you don't face it. I even shared, I think it was on last week or the week before, this is our fourth 
uh, in the series that we're going to talk about today. I remember that it talked about the contrary winds, um, how that I'm a pilot, and when the winds, when you're coming in for a landing, and the winds are, you have what you call a crosswind, uh, whether it's a great crosswind or a minor crosswind, but sometimes those, those crosswinds can be so great. The only way that you're going to defeat it is even though you want to go straight down the runway or your, your airplane wants to go straight down the runway, sometimes you've got to literally turn into the face of the wind and come down the runway uh, because that's the only way you're going to defeat it as you're still pressing forward but yet going straight in order to land so that you can land safely. And so what you refuse to face, you will ultimately lose. What you refuse to face, you will ultimately stop dealing with it, quit, and fail. You've heard me say that one day perhaps I'll write a book called The Suffering Silence of Success. And what I mean by that is I use, not just have used, but still am using the divine principles that we find in God's Word. Do you know why I use the divine principles that are found in God's Word? Because they work. They cause you to be successful in life. And the things ha, that I talk about trying not to get emotional here. I didn't just read in the book, although I did read in the holy book, but I experienced them. And I applied them in my life as I faced the challenges that threatened to take away God's favor from my life. And I am successful. Being successful do not mean that you never experience hurt or disappointment. But what it does mean is that you acknowledge and recognize the one who has all the answers and is able to help you. And you put yourself in his hands. I truly wish that I could share with the body of Christ all the blessings that God has bestowed upon my wife and I. You just know a few things. But can I say that the joy of the Lord is my strength? Amen. And so I seek today to continue and perhaps conclude, although I'm sure we'll be talking about it all year because the theme of our church for the year 2022 is conquering the challenges we face. I pray that God gives you good success in the year 2022. There's so many storylines that I could teach and minister from. But I chose one of my very favorite, David young David fighting Goliath, being victorious. Because in our lives, in our lives, uh, Evangelist Boyd, so many things that we face seem so gigantic. But I've come to learn that it doesn't matter how gigantic the enemy is. 
because our God is so much more gigantic, large, huge, mammoth. He's able, hallelujah, to give you success in every situation. From the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want to change up my scripture today. We're going to read from verses 38 through 46. And I realize that time is flying already. It's almost half the time. And so I'm going to ask Mr. Cameraman uh, if you could just continue filming. I don't know how long Facebook, YouTube, whoever will let us have. But film until we film no more. Amen. Beginning at verse 38, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Yes, as is our custom, let's stand before the Lord in respect to the holy word of God. I'm reading from the King James Version. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor. And he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. In other words, he'd never fought with the king's armament before. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him and when the Philistine looked out and saw David he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance and the Philistine said unto David am I a dog that thou cometh to me with and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou cometh to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day, listen to this declaration, this day will the Lord deliver thee unto mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the will and to the wild beast of the earth. That all, hear this, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give God praise. You may have your seats. Mm. Everyone in life, even Jesus Christ, had to endure this process or the process to have what may now be visually obvious as success, as achievement. Obviously, we had to endure a process to have what we know to be called victory. Come on and say victory. If there are no problems, if there are no challenges in life, there will be no heroes. If there are no tests, there will be no testimonies of elevations or promotions. Hmm. Let me make my point. Everyone knows the story of the three Hebrew boys. They were victorious. They were valiant. Man, they talked with boldness with the king. I need a new mic. They talked with boldness to the king. And after everything, and after everything, they were pronounced to be princes in all of the country, in all of the region, and everybody says that was great. But before they could be elevated or promoted, they had to go through the fiery furnace. Mm. They had to accept the challenge in order to go higher. And it was only after they endured the fire, the craziness, the naysayers, the talkers, people whispering about, look at them. They're talking about God is going to save them. Yeah, let's see. After they burn up, how much they're going to. There was all kinds of talk. They were ridiculed. But they were determined to meet the challenge and stand on the word of God because they knew that God would deliver them. And the thing that I like, the thing that I like is that they said, but even if our God doesn't deliver us, know ye today that we will yet trust God and stand on his word. Now that's faith. That is trust in God. And only after then was it announced by the king in Daniel 3 and 30. He says, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. But they had to face the challenge and deal with it. What you refuse to face, you will ultimately fail. Joseph, ah, I could name so many patriarchs. Joseph was promoted 
after he conquered his fears and endured the darkness and humiliation of the pits, the fall from the palace, and the shame of the prison. But he maintained his walk and his trust with God. He faced the challenge and said, I will not be defeated. I will not be conquered. And he held on to his godly and holy integrity. If I were to dare go in to talk about Queen Esther, hers was a different sort. In fact, if she would have done nothing, she herself would have probably been saved. But all of the Jews in that region would have met their death. So she met the challenge in defiance when she was challenged by the royal rule that said, you can't come before the king unless the king calls for you. She met the challenge and pushed beyond. And God was with her, protected her, delivered her, used her. And because of her actions, God saved all of the Jews. Who is it that is destined to be saved from destruction because you accepted the challenge and refused to be defeated? You're saved not just for you, but for your loved ones too. For those that God has called alongside you. It's not just about you. Oh, don't get me wrong. I know there's a, a popular saying that says it's not about you. But the truth is, it is about you, but not only you. Yeah. David faced his challenger and conquered him. You know the story of how one army stood on one side of a mountain and the other on the other side of a mountain and Goliath stood in the valley calling for a man to come down in the valley and to fight him. And whoever won, winners take all. Mm. And so the men of Israel were literally afraid, trembling and shaking in their boots. Has a challenge ever had you trembling? And you know your bishop can act. Come on, give me a hand. Shaking in their boots. I'm talking about you. But yet, you stirred up the gift, hallelujah, that was in you. And you stood up to the challenge. You stood up to the test and was victorious. Give yourselves a hand. But look at somebody say, it's not over yet. <sighs> what challenge now stands between you and your ambition? I want to say this too. I got to be real. If you don't have an ambition, you might as well lay down and die. Because there's always, I don't want you to do that. There's always something that you should be reaching for. You do your best, which is the ultimate. 
until your, until your best becomes better. Better is never enough. And so then when you do your best until your best becomes better, then again you do your best until your best becomes better. And then again and again and again, you ought always to be reaching and striving for something greater. It is the nature of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. There was darkness all about. But God spoke and light came and overshadowed the darkness. Then he put in the water a creature. Then, hallelujah, as evolution took place, eventually he placed a man and said, all of this is good. Everyone has a mate. There are other animals and so forth, but there is no mate for man. This is not good. And so again, he reached out until better came. And then there was something more and more. And so you always ought to strive for better. You always ought to strive for better. And it's never just for you. In fact, somebody needs to see you doing better. Because when some, can I talk today? Can I talk? When someone sees you doing better, it encourages them. It motivates them. It stirs something in them that they then to want to do even better. Y'all help me out. Is this making sense? Is this? When the challenges or problems face you, you must face it. Don't ignore it. When God calls and tugs on your life, face it. That's not a negative challenge. There are negative challenges. There are positive challenges. There are a variety of different kinds of challenge. Don't focus on how big or great the problem is, but how great your God is. Know that God is with you. He has equipped you for such a time as this. And he is helping you. These are things that you must know. Look at somebody and say, you better know. You better know. And many of, you, you know, when, when that call or that challenge first faces us, we get excited. Say, yeah, I'll let you know who's. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna take you out. I'm. I'm gonna take you on, and we we take a step toward the advancement of gaining what it is that we desire. We take a step, but we don't always follow through. I want to talk a little bit today about the importance of following through. It was not enough for David to get excited to dress him up, to dress himself up, to get the right tools. It was not enough for him to say, yeah, I'm ready now. No, he had to go and engage. And even after engaging the enemy, that's not enough. You've got to follow through to the finish. Jesus met many obstacles, people that wanted to kill him, people that wanted to stone him. But he followed through. Until he finished. <sighs> Did I lose anybody? You see, many people are great starters, but they fail 
at finishing. Yeah, yeah. That, that was easy to say amen. And I bet everybody that says amen and yeah, oh yeah, you right, Bishop, you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't think of yourself. You thought you somebody else came to you. Yeah, because I remember sister so-and-so. I remember so-and-so. They started out, oh, they looked so good. Oh, they were shopping their uniform. Oh, they were ready to fight. And they started, but then they went home. At yourself, don't 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 look at yourself. Don't don't do that. Many people are great starters, but they fail at finishing. What is that arcade thing that goes finish him? What? Wait a minute. The pastor. No. You played Mortal Kombat once or twice. Oh, all right. That's a little better. Finish him. Wait a minute. What did you say? I played? I called it by a different name, so it's not the same. <laughs> it's not enough to start. You've got to finish what you started. You've got to follow through. There's a message for the people of God today. And God is saying, I believe this thing. You've got to follow through. You've got to finish it. If Jesus had not hung on the cross until he died, because we all know that he got on the cross, he would not have finished what he came on earth to do. But John, hallelujah, 19 and 20 says, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Listen, listen, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. He followed through. He didn't just start. He didn't just get on the cross. He finished it. Mm. Finished that word there in the Greek literally is the word teleo, T-E-L-O, with a long O, teleo. I love this word. It literally means to end or to complete, and this is, this is the powerful part. It means to discharge. To discharge means that you've been finished, you're now, like when you're discharged from the military, it means all of your duties have been completed. And here, when it says the word discharge, it is as a debt that was owed that now is fully paid so you got to do it until the end finish it one of the great compliments that uh, the hierarchy pays to uh, my wife is that they call her the finisher which is a great compliment she doesn't just simply start and 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 become uh, <laughs> dislocated or or lost in the middle, but she completes the task. Are you a finisher? <sighs> and so it's so important that the people of God today follow through. How many have had great ideas? You, you confess that God inspired you to start a business. God inspired you to start a choir or a group or prayer or meditation, whatever it is. God inspired you to do something. And you got so excited, you called everybody and told them what the Lord said. But you never engaged. You'll never have victory until you first 
engage. Like Star Trek. Engage. So I watch movies. You got to follow through. To follow through, I want you to understand what I'm saying when I mean this. Because this is what God wants us to do. It's not enough to just get saved. Okay, now you're saved. Now what? You got to follow through. You've engaged the Lord. You've spoken with the Lord. You're encouraged. But now what do you do? You got to live this thing through, people of God. If you want victory, follow through is the completion of emotion or action as in, uh, as in the stroke of a tennis racket or a golf club. Hold up. Follow me, Mr. Cameraman. The follow-through. What happens after you make contact with the ball? Because if nothing happens, once you make contact, I wish I had a, I wish I had a, a golf ball. I got a golf club. But I don't have a golf ball. Pastor Tony, why you let the bishop forget the golf ball? Yeah, go get me a golf ball. And then the question ought to be is, why do you have a golf ball in the church? Because Pastor Tony is an excellent golfer. I said he's an excellent golfer. He's my instructor, my golf teacher. Trust me, he's good. All of you all would want to play with me because you have a good chance of winning. But the follow through, it is the portion of such emotion after the ball has been hit or touched. It doesn't necessarily mean that the ball went anywhere yet because in order for that to happen, you've got to follow through. But you said you were going to do it. You began. But where's the follow through? Where's the a yellow ball? Thank you, thank you. The cameraman said in the middle. All right, this is important because you'll never have success unless you follow through. Look at somebody and tell them you've got to follow through. The follow-through. Wait a minute. They have to see my form. <laughs> form is everything. It doesn't begin when you make contact with the ball. The planning stage, the strategy is all before you make contact. 
when you have a challenge. You don't just simply run up to the challenge and think you're going to win. Where is, are your tools? What is your plan? What is your strategy? You've got to have good form. Am I doing it right, Brother Tony? You've got to have good form. Everything matters. Get the picture, daughter. Get the picture. Everything matters. The challenge is to not just strike the ball, but get it to the hole. It's all right. I'm not going to lose the golf club. No one's going to get hurt. I pray. I'm not really going to make it go anywhere. <laughs> I made contact, but the ball hasn't gone anywhere. I told everybody I'm going to defeat this thing. I told everybody I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I got my money to go to school. I paid my tuition. I went to the class. I was sitting in the class. But did you fall asleep? Or did you go to the next step and receive? Unless you hit and follow through, it's not just enough to make contact. Everything is relevant. You've got to follow through to cause that ball to go where you want it to. It wasn't enough for David to take the stone out and put it in the sling. And it wasn't just enough to just, for him to just simply swing it any kind of way. He had to have the right form. He had to have a plan. He had to have a strategy. He had to do it, everything, the correct way. By the way, I just, this has nothing to do with anything, but I want y'all to know that Brother Tony loves golf so much that whenever we're driving and we're coming up, am I right, sister wife? Sister D'Amico will let you know. If you're coming close to a golf course, he says, all right, no one says it. a moment of silence. That's how passionate he is about playing golf. But saints of God, you've got to follow through. So why do so many people fail to follow through? Why do so many people fail to finish? Initially, many people make promises and commitments with good intentions, but then there are challenges that come 
when the challenges come, we see that it will actually take more than we thought to get the job done. And so sometimes we put it off. We procrastinate. Procrastination is one of the main enemies to you not following through and accomplishing or gaining what God has for you. No one forced you to procrastinate. No one made you do it. You decided, well, well, right now may not be a good time. You, you talk yourself out of it. You procrastinate until, until a day becomes a week and a week becomes a month and a month becomes a year and years become years and you're still not doing anything. But the word of the Lord for you today is enough of that. <sighs> because if you don't get back in the saddle and do what's in your heart, I don't care how old you are. I told you all, I say it often because I want you to remember this, that uh, what's, what's his name? Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken, was 65 years old when he started his business. By the time he was 75 or 80 or whatever it was, he was a billionaire, not just a millionaire. So it's not too late. Look at somebody and tell him, it's not too late. It's not too late for your dream to come true. Because after a certain period of time, when you fail to, you, you know what, I'm going to give my life to the Lord one day, one day. You know what, I'm going to start praying every day, every night at 9 o'clock at this and that. I'm, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But one day passes, two days, three days, a week, a month, and you still not done it. And so what happens is eventually what I call the law of atrophy takes place. The law of atrophy. Atrophy, I believe it's a medical term, and what it means is because of non-use, a thing or a portion of your body becomes weak. If you have a hand and it's hanging there and you fail to use it, or if you have a leg or if there's some part of your body that you fail to use properly or often, it then becomes weak, and eventually you will lose the use of that, the law of atrophy. Because you didn't get to it when the Spirit of the Lord was dealing with you, now you have become complacent and began to procrastinate. And the law of atrophy has now taken place. And now you don't even know how to start. Mm. <sighs> but David followed through. Jesus followed through. Abraham followed through. Hallelujah. Joseph followed through. And you've got to add your name to the list of the hall of fame and faith and get back to the task. Why? Come on and ask me why. Because it's not too late. It's not too late. There are benefits and blessings that attach themselves to you when you follow through. 
when you finish. Number one, look at David. Let's, let's take this in real time. Everyone was afraid. Mm. The army was afraid. Even the king was afraid. But when David stood up to Goliath and he fought, number one, it strengthens the relationship with those who follow you. For those who are in partnership or in relationship with you, such as David, when David followed through, it caused the favor of King Saul to come upon him. Remember the reward for killing Goliath was that he would have the king, he, whoever he was, would have the king's daughter. That's favor. And so scripturally, what we're really saying is when you do the will of God, regardless of how difficult it may be, how challenging it be, when you do the will of God, there is a reward for you. That's why Paul was able to say, I fought a good fight. I've finished the course, and now there's a crown of life that's laid up for me. Not only for me. Oh, thank God. He thought of Joseph. I'm talking about this Joseph. He thought of me too. But when I finish the course, when I fight the good fight of faith, there is laid up for me a crown of life. <sighs> when you follow through, it causes those who are close to you, those who are committed and or work with you to trust and support you, to trust and support your cause. Why? Because they know that you're a finisher. They know that you are a person that will get it done. They know that you are not a person who will give up without a fight. And so they will attach themselves to you. This is why the men who followed David, his mighty army, even the ones that came to Ziglag and saw that it was burned, they would follow him anywhere. They would do anything for him because he was a proven man of faith. He, it was proven that, my God, he would meet the challenge and defeat the challenge. <sighs> and these men were ferociously aggressive to achieve. That's the kind of people I want following me. Ferociously aggressive achievers. See, it's one thing just to have people that will be with you and they'll fight with you. They'll fight until they get tired. No, I want a group that's ferociously aggressive to achieve. David's men would follow him anywhere because he knew they knew that he was a finisher. You want people to see you as a finisher, not just a talker. Oh, who said, oh, that's just sister so-and-so. That's just brother so-and-so. They talk like that all the time. They don't never do anything, but they just, they talk like, they talk a good game. Have you ever met people that talk a good game? But God wants you to be a person who follows through. Don't just, don't just pronounce the word of God, but live the word of God. Prove the word of God. Prove, hallelujah, through signs and wonders. That means you're a doer of the word and not simply, my God, a talker. Ah, ferociously aggressive to achieve. And, and I really like that word. It means that you're fierce. Anybody want to be fierce for God today? 
No matter what comes, no matter what goes, it doesn't matter. I remember the salvation of the Lord. I, I don't put my trust in horses. I don't put my trust in men. I put my trust in the name of the Lord. I put my trust in the word of God because my God is a finisher. My God is a completer. My God, he follows through. And that's what you need to be. See, because really to be fierce literally means that you are ferociously aggressive to achieve. That's really what the word fierce means. I wonder if I can get the young people to start saying that. Oh, fierce, man, fierce. Oh, that's really fierce. If you're young, raise your hand. If you're young, raise your hand, Sister Lewis. If you're young, raise your hand. <laughs> okay. Sister Boyd is raising both her hands. Let me see those legs go up. All right, all right, all that. God is calling us to be fierce witnesses for him. Ferociously aggressive to achieve. If you get in my way, I'll fight you. If you get in my way, I'll bite you. If you get in my way, I'll push through you. You've got to be fierce for the Lord. Hallelujah. It's so ticking away, but I want you to get this today, saints. You got to be fierce for the Lord. How can you improve your follow through? Let me just finish this, and if we can stay on, let me just finish this because you must know how you can how you can improve your follow through. to improve your follow through. Number one, and I'm going to finish shortly, but you've got to get this in your spirit because this is real lifetime answers to questions. Number one, you must develop a clear strategy. David didn't just run up with no experience. He figured what he was going to do before he encountered Goliath. I've got to take a few seconds to explain this real life situation, real life situation. When I'm flying the airplane, there's a saying, and they will teach you all the time, especially with what they call complex aircraft. That means that the wheels go up and, and the, the engine is more than 200, uh, 200 horsepower, 200, it's more than 200 horsepower there, and there's a few other things. The, the prop can change. You can control the prop. But anyway, bottom line is it's a real fast plane. And the only way you can be successful in a high-performance, complex aircraft is if you stay ahead of the plane. In other words, you can't wait till things happen to know what you're going to do. Because if you do, it'll happen so quick that you will lose control of the aircraft. When I enter into the pattern, I'm going about 125 or 150 nautical, um, 150 knots. That's fast. Look at somebody say, that's fast. So I can't wait until I get up to the pattern to start slowing down. I've got to see about 10 miles out. I've got to begin to slow down. That's a part of my strategy to land safely, to get to where I'm going safely. 
then once I get into the pattern, I've got to be doing about 100 knots. Why? Or 125 knots. Why? Because I can't bring those flaps up safely until I'm below or at 125 knots. I'm going to make pallets out of y'all after a while. <laughs> I tell you, if I let any of y'all fly with me, I'm not going to be able to do anything because you're on... Bishop, did you forget to do... Bishop, you're supposed to do this? Look, who's flying? But I can't wait to get to that point to think about what I'm going to do next because it happens so quick. It happens so fast. By the time I turn base, I've got to be at 90 knots. By the time I turn final, I've got to be at about 85 knots. To put that last flap in. Oh, Jesus. So you've got to have a strategy. All right, when I see him, I'm going to reach in my bag. As he starts walking toward me, I'm going to pull out my rock. And then I'm going to start running because I don't want to lose any time. And then I'm going to start swinging while I'm running. That's strategy. That's strategy. But before I swing the rock, I've got to get the rock. I can't wait to get to the place that I need the rock to look for the rock. Could this be why Jesus says in Luke 14 and 28, for which of you intending to build a tower, sit it not down first and count the cost, whether he have sufficiency to finish it. You got to have what you belong. And you have to be familiar with the tools that you're using, the strategy in which you're using. That's why David says, I can't wear this. I can't wear the king's armor. Boy, could hardly walk with all that heavy stuff, King Saul stuff. Now I got to take this off. See, you can't fight in somebody else's anointing. You've got to have your own anointing. You've got to know God for yourself. You've got to have your own personal relationship with God. Mama's prayers are good, but you better have a prayer life of your own. You better know the voice of God for yourself. You can't even fight with somebody else's faith. <clears throat> you can only fight in the faith that you have. And so that's why you got to stir up the faith that's in you and if you don't have faith in you that's sufficient then you've got to my God build yourself up on your most holy faith get to God talk to God hear God get the holy strategy become familiar with the voice of God you got to know him for yourself It's good to have other folk praying for you. But you better have a prayer life for yourself. So you've got to develop a strategy. You can apply this. I, I want to say so much more, but I'm looking at the time. Are we still on? <sighs> got to close. This actually hurts me because I really want you all to get this today. So I'm going to finalize on this. Lastly, not lastly, but number two. You've got to set. You've never heard this before. I know this. 
because I just got it last night. I've been doing it, but calling it by another name. Number two, you must set stretch goals. Set or establish stretch goals. In other words, look at what the king said to him. The king said to David in verse 33, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. In other words, King Saul tried to establish parameters around David that told him you can't go beyond this point. But you've got to establish or set stretch goals that go beyond what they told you you couldn't do. <clears throat> you've got to set a strategy to go beyond what no one thinks you can do. And the only way you're going to be able to do it or even imagine yourself is that if you've been in the face of God, if you spent time with God. See, David, as he was watching the flock, it was just him and the flock. He had time to talk to God. He had time to develop songs unto God. He had time to spend with God in isolation because I told you that it's in isolation that God will give you Revelation, and in your revelation, God will give you inspiration, and then you take that inspiration and you follow through. You keep moving. David knew that he could take Goliath, and David applied himself. He thought meticulously, I'll get what I'm accustomed to. I'll get what I know. I can't operate in your faith. I've got to operate in my faith. I'm proven with the rock. Woo! <laughs> I'm proven with the rock and the rock that I'm talking about is a rock called Jesus he's the rock of my salvation hallelujah he's the king of kings and the lord of lords give me the rock you can take this or that but I'll take Jesus for mine I'll take the rock for mine and there is nothing that I can't do or achieve when I've got the rock I said I was going to close I said I was going to close build yourself up on your most holy faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that must be a part of your strategy Build yourself up in your most holy faith, knowing that God has called you to do this. Knowing that God has appointed you to do this. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Don't lose your focus. Keep your desired goal, the desired result in your vision. Never lose faith. Operate in the faith that you have in God, not what somebody tells you you can't do. Don't allow other folk to set or establish your limitations. David would have lost if he operated in the level of faith of Saul, of his brothers of those that were in the army 
he would have lost. You can only operate in your faith. Don't let someone dictate to you your level of faith. Operate in your faith. Come on and ask me why. Because faith is not transferable. My father in the natural was a great man. He accomplished much. But I've gone, I've gone beyond where he was. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And so what I do in life requires a greater level of faith. Pray, Lord, let me help somebody. Your mother, your grandmother, they were great people, great people of faith. But faith is not transferable. That's why the Bible lets us know that God gives to each of us a portion of faith. It's our faith that we have. I can't pull your faith from you and walk in your faith. You must develop it for yourself. I'm going to say it one more time. Faith is not transferable. But when you walk in the faith that you have, don't let nobody tell you what you can't do. If you believe it and you've received it from God, walk in it. Trust in the Lord with all that heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will help you through. If there is no battle, there is no victory. Faith Center, follow through. Come on and give the Lord a praise. Come on and bless the Lord. If you receive that word, give God a praise. I'm going to finish. I'm going to perform. I'm going to do all that you called me to do. My home is going to be better. My marriage is going to be better. My job is going to be better. I'm going to get just what God said in mind. I believe it, and that's how I shall receive it. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if I could get somebody to give God an in advance praise of what's going to be delivered to you because God gave you the victory. Come on and shout the voice of Jesus. Come on and shout.